0: The Midnight Snack Podcast would like to acknowledge the Darawal and Bidjigal people as the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on today. We would like to pay respects to elders both past and present and extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across this nation listening today. What up everyone, this is Loli with an I, not a Y, get it right. This is Ru, aka the Culture Black Kid. And you're listening to the Midnight Snack Podcast. Let's go! Australia's Tastiest Podcast and your one-stop shop for all things juicy in the culture. My name is Roo, aka The Culture Black Kid, and welcome to episode 81. Today we'll be continuing my keynote speech with the one, the only, Fresh, the Lion. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you download it. We're trying to get to a thousand monthly downloads. And if you haven't checked out episode 80, make sure you do. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. Is there someone who uh, you looked up to that embodied the idea of longevity?
1: Um, I mean, at that point, I'm not too sure, man. Because I was just like in it. Like I just wanted to do it. I didn't know like how, how long I was going to go for. I didn't know that this was going to become a, like a full-on career. I mean, you have aspirations. You, mm-hmm. you, you hope for the best and stuff like that. But you kind of just live for the next moment. I was anyway. Uh, but there were a lot of artists that I was looking up to, you know. KRS One, Chuck D, Lupe, like Nas, yeah, like uh, people who've been around for a long time and still around, like now, you know, doing doing their thing, and mm-hmm. you know, most quietly, like yeah. Common, yeah. There's a lot of people that from the yeah. US context I was looking up to a lot in that mm-hmm. regard. I, the scene was so new to me from an Australian perspective that mm-hmm. I didn't know yeah who to really look up to here. But now when I look back at it, I'm like, I, you know, I'm always amazed at the longevity like the, like the hilltop hoods have had mm-hmm. and the success that they've had for such a long period of time and mm-hmm. then some of the nicest guys you ever meet uh and 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 you know there's a reason why they they're they're still able to do what they do at such mm-hmm. a high level and sell out arenas across the country it's, yeah you know their music speaks to people yeah it resonates with people and and they're, they're just great at being able to tap into into that that um that 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 cultural fabric that you know they've contributed to mm-hmm. for such a long period of time. Yeah. So you know, there's 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 you know there are people like that I will look up to for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> I've always been a fan. I've always liked the idea of being a fan of your peers. Mm-hmm. And in a time where you know even more artists are popping up every single day uh, in the scene. What do you think the importance of being a fan of the people who are around you is? And a second part to that is, what's your thoughts on the gatekeeping Mm. that's happening as well?
1: Yeah, look, I I think it's super important for us to be fans of, uh, you know, our own community. Because, like, if we aren't, then how can we expect, like, people overseas to be fans of our scene? You know, like, Mm -hmm. if the hope and the aspiration is for, like, you know, our music to go global and you want that kind of big fan base and stuff like that and it's like, well, how can you expect expect that mm-hmm. when, but well, what are we doing to cultivate the scene? I mean, obviously we're contributors to the scene, mm-hmm. but I think it's important like to, to, to kind of establish and set that culture. I think it's really important because, you know, if you think about, like, I think about what you're doing, like your mm-hmm. podcast pops up a lot in my TikTok mm-hmm. feed and, and how you celebrate local artists. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about that, how is that, it's not so far removed from what Drink Champs does in celebrating mm-hmm. artists over yeah. there. And then you hear them, those guys talk about like, you know, they're talking about their peers and they talk about them in such a, you know, with such a reverence. Mm-hmm. And then you, t- you hear them talk about like their stories from the early days mm-hmm. when they were coming up. Uh, still, they were massive fans of one another. Yeah. And it's like we don't know of that scene, but for the fact that they all celebrated one another to the point where it became such a, a cultural hip mm-hmm. hop became such a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it be- that it became global. Yeah. So we have to start somewhere. We have yeah. to appreciate our scene, and we we have like unbelievable not just talent but unbelievable skill sets. And I think something that we have in Australia that's very unique is 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 the stories yeah. and the music. Yeah. And, and that's something that we can immediately and directly relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when Wise is talking about, you know, Johnny's kebabs in, in mm-hmm. Liverpool yeah. in one of his songs or, you know, Pump yeah. and Scribe yeah. how, and, you know, Not Many If Any. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my childhood, Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, relatable. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, when I'm hearing that, like, when I heard that the first yeah. time on a B-Wise song, I'm, like, getting G'd up about <laughs> it. Like, bro, that's... Well, we, we that's our story. Yeah. So, you know, I I think it's really, really important. And and we have so many people to be able to celebrate and so many people to be able to appreciate. Um, uh, I think for me early on, I was so damn competitive Mm -hmm. that I couldn't celebrate anybody else. And that was a toxic way of thinking. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to, you know, you you can have a a healthy level of competition Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, we were battling a lot back in the day. And like, if someone came into the Cypher and they were better than me, I would spend that whole week. <laughs> yeah. And next week when you come back, I'm better than you yeah. now, bro. Like that's how competitive I was. But, uh, you know, I think there's an importance to, to, the, to having a, a healthy level of competition. But at the same time, like I, I think it's important to, to be able to, you know, now looking back to be able to celebrate mm-hmm. those, man, it comes from a level of respect. Like, man, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's really, really important. Um, in terms of gatekeepers, again, like, my mindset's changed. Like, mm-hmm. had you asked me this question, like, a couple years ago, I would have been super frustrated. I would have mm-hmm. been like, man, like, fuck the gatekeepers. Yeah. Like, pe- anyone who's in a position who's holding the door and keeping it closed on people except for people they know is, yeah. like, I would be super frustrated about yeah. that. Yeah. And and there are probably moments now where it's, I still get frustrated about it, but I'm also at a point where I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, okay. try to hold the door on me. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I. I I've kind of it's like but at the same time I'm, I'm also at a point where it's like I don't need you mm-hmm. like how can you hold the door on somebody who, who, who is so focused and has such a clear vision of where yeah. they want to go and what they want to do yeah. like yeah. you can't stop a person like that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many barriers you put in their way they're mm-hmm. going to find a way around it like yeah. the, the door is closed fuck it I'm going to build a tunnel nice. you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. Yeah. There's, I'm gonna over. There's, yeah. yeah there's so many different ways to think about it So, but uh, you know uh, I, I try to think about that from a bunch of different perspectives. It's like, okay, well, why is a person like that? Is there a reason as to why they're like that? Is yeah. there a reason as to why these barriers exist? And I think, systemically, maybe it's because we 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 have a music industry that's built that way. Mm-hmm. So is the music industry the problem? And is there a way that we can address that? And if there are ways that we can address that, how do we build or create something that 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 is the counter to that? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, Conscious, the, yep. the artist development program yep. that I started yep. with Camelotown an Arts. And yep. that's kind of what we're trying to do there. Yep. But then at the same token, somebody could equally say to to me, motherfucker, you're a gatekeeper because mm-hmm. you pick who comes in that program. Yeah. So, you it's know, like, like, hip, like a hypocritical yeah, yeah. It's, type. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I just feel like, you know, you, yeah, if you have a clear vision and
0: no one can hold you down for that long. For sure. You know, for sure. Um, you did, you know, mention Conscious and just to divert a little bit from the, the artistry, maybe not too much, but how ha- have you striked a balance between uh, your artistic side and your business parts of, of your work, such as, you mm-hmm. know, brand building, marketing, promotion,
1: yeah, I, you know, I, I think about that as an extension of storytelling. So, mm-hmm. I, sometimes I try not to think about it just in a pure business kind of sense because then it can just be dry and boring and, like, do you really want to focus on that? Like, yeah. and do you really want to think about numbers? And, yeah. And, uh, but I, I try to think about it as an extension of storytelling. So, you know, mm-hmm. we put a lot of effort into creating our music. Okay, well, if you want people to listen to it, then you also kind of need to tell the story to be able to hook people into to then go and listen to the music. Yeah. Huh? And so, you know, we, my team and I, a small team, you know, there's the uh, three of us, myself included, who are having these conversations mm-hmm. really. Um, four, if you count my partner, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, you know, that we're having these constant conversations about like how we go about doing this thing and, and how we tell the story so that we, we do get attention to to, to how people are going mm-hmm. and listen to the music. But yeah, I try to think about it as an extension of storytelling. But it's always a fine balance. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you can you can overthink that and spend way too much time on that and not actually do anything, which yeah. is kind of where I feel like I have been for the past, you know, maybe 18 months, you know, mm-hmm. sitting on a lot of music and just w- trying to figure out that other side of things Yeah. yeah. Um, before we put that music out. And, and sometimes, like I say, you, there's a tendency to overthink that. But mm-hmm. again, you know, timing, there's a time and place for for when songs and stuff need to come out as well so yeah you, mm-hmm. it's just constantly finding that
0: balance and um, just checking yourself mm. you I think you mentioned just mentioned like numbers mm. is uh where does metrics and maybe analytics play into your your artistry your business mm. all those all those sorts of things in 2023
1: yeah I mean you have to think about it if you're talking about how you know wanting to create a career out of music mm-hmm. I, I again like I, I, I would in the past spend way too much time thinking about the minutiae of like numbers and shit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why did this post get a lot of likes and that one didn't? And then mm-hmm. you realize like, bro, that's not getting me paid. <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I putting energy into it? It's just an ego thing. Uh, but in terms of, you know, how, how what level of importance do we give metrics? I mean, we, we do place um, importance on it. So I have a uh, person in my team who, you know, is important. You know, uh, we employ mm-hmm. that's their yeah. their expertise Good. and of so course. when it comes to putting out songs and stuff like that uh, we're running ad campaigns and stuff you know he knows what those numbers mean and, and, and to break it down and mm-hmm. he's educating he yeah. educates me on that process as well so it's like okay well we learn from that mm-hmm so if we we put some now we put an ad we put a couple ads up we test them out like mm-hmm. which ones working which ones are not working why is that working why is this one not working okay well if this one's working and that one's not let's double down on that one and get rid of that one yeah right? yeah so we, we 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 kind of ride the wave that way uh, with, with numbers as well um, but yeah look it, it's 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 a very tricky one because it's hard to disassociate that from them feeling a the level of self-worth like do these numbers reflect how good my music is of you know like yeah. you know, is this, it's a tricky one but um we just yeah again we just have constant conversations about it and then just try to move when we see things heading in a, in a particular direction whether mm-hmm. that's selling tickets for a show whether mm-hmm. that, you know So, for example, okay, again, a very real experience. So, when when I was doing tours back in the day, for when we do the album tours, drop our album, you tour across the country. Mm -hmm. um, The most effective for me personally, two things that would help sell tickets. One was if we had done a show in that area in the past, Mm -hmm. um, and two uh, radio interviews. Mm -hmm. So, whenever we went on tour, we tried to make sure that we could tee up it. Interview at radio stations mm-hmm. the week of, or mm-hmm. something like that, or on the day, whatever, just yep. to be on radio. We knew that was help 20, 30 tickets per interview, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and when you're doing small rooms, at the, like 150, 250 yep. capacity rooms at that time, that's a significant jump in ticket sales, mm-hmm. you know? So we just hone in on that strategy yeah. and just try to make sure that we, 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 we tapped into that every time we went on tour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the numbers can help identify what's working for you and also help identify
0: what's not working for you. And, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, we, we try to read it like that.
0: Yeah. What would you say to, again, artists who might be worried about metrics or analytics and or like what to maybe focus on or, you know, what to maybe not also not to focus on <laughs> yeah. Um, as they're, you know, still building their, their careers and. Their artistry. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I think there's, there's, there's the
1: thing that I think about here is probably like uh, going back to like a, I think a Michael Jordan kind of reference. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but I remember him talking about like some people asking him about like, you know, how to, how to get kids like on a path, like to, mm-hmm. to become a pro and shit like yeah. that. And, and how do you, how do you, encourage that in them early on mm-hmm. and and what would you impart on, yeah. on them and stuff like that and i think the thing that i took away from his response was like just let them have fun yeah you know like if, yeah. if they love what they do then at some point they'll want to take it yeah. serious if they want to do that then great like then let's have that conversation i think early on if we're starting out with just you know super early in our careers and making music and making content for online and stuff like that then. I think it's trying to find the thing that you really, really love to do, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, might be just making music, but when it comes to making content as well to put up online, like I think it's trying to find is is there certain things you really enjoy in that process Mm -hmm. or types of content that you enjoy making in that process and and trying to find that and then just doing that. And then- Uh, once you've kind of got into that kind of rhythm, Mm -hmm. then you can use the kind of metrics as a feedback. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's not working. This is not working. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, let me try this. Let me try that. Mm -hmm. That one worked really well. Hey, it worked really well when I brought this person on the show. So maybe Mm -hmm. I need to do more collaborations. Like then kind of do that. But I think um, until you kind of find that then, uh, it's very easy to get discouraged mm-hmm. you know you try a million different things and not, it feels like nothing's working um, and and then it's just like why am I even doing this in the yeah. first place so uh, I think yeah. if you can find something that you really enjoy like try everything of course but then if you can still find something that you really really enjoy m- more than others mm-hmm. doing other shit then hone in on that mm-hmm. the other thing as well is like um, just to that point you know I remember someone telling me super early on you know in the thing that you do for work if you can get to a point where like 80% of what you do is you love doing it, doesn't mm-hmm. feel like work, but yeah. 20% is stuff that it does feel like work. You might not enjoy doing it. You probably hate doing it, but you have mm-hmm. to do it to be able to keep yeah. doing the 80% and that's yeah. a pretty damn good balance. Yeah. You know, so it's like there might be things that you feel, you feel like you have to do in the social media content mm-hmm. um, relating to the numbers side of things yeah. that you feel like you just have to do to yeah. do it.
0: Yeah.
1: That's fine so long as it's not.
0: Doesn't over no, or outweigh yeah, the, the stuff enjoyment. that you love to do. Yeah. 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 Um, just as a final question before I maybe ask one more game of you. Um uh just as a an overarching question, what is the probably the biggest piece of advice you can give to artists in regards to how they should approach their journey when it comes to the, the industry and uh the idea of, you know, ensuring that they have a, a career that is mm. of longevity? I would say,
1: uh, I mean, a lot of it has to do with just loving what you're doing, I guess. But uh, I think if you can find like your joy and your happiness outside of your pursuit uh, for a career in the music industry, then you're doing really good. But what by, by that, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, if your worth, your self-worth is not determined by how well you're doing in your music journey music career from an industry perspective mm-hmm. yeah then you, you're doing pretty good so you know that might be like just really shoring up your family situation your friendship circle mm-hmm. like your hobbies like just maintaining health you know happy healthy relationships friendships yeah. you know doing things that you enjoy doing that don't relate to just making mm-hmm. a career out of music mm-hmm. I think that's really important because what can happen, and I've seen it, it's happened to me personally, but I can also see I've seen it in so many other people where music is like you, your identity becomes so bounded by becoming a successful musician and what is what you view as success. Mm-hmm. And often that label of success is greatly influenced by what we feel society perceives success as. So yeah. that's unhealthy in the first place. But so often we can become so obsessed with that 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 becomes our sole identity and that can be really, really like the mm-hmm. and, and that can really get you down. Uh, and you can really just be like scratching your head like shit, man. Like, and we have days, we all have days where we're like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And you might get to a point where some, you've got, you know, that another rejections come in. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the opportunity that you wanted and you just feel like, that day, I don't know if I can do this tomorrow. Yeah, and then you you start to think about, well, shit. Well, who am I outside of this? Yeah, yeah. That that's a real sad place. To, I've been in. That's a real sad place to be in. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you can you can develop and cultivate your life so much so that your identity is not solely determined by being a successful musician artist, then you're winning. Don't you know like. Yeah. Then rejections, ups and downs, all, all that sort of, it's going to come like that's life, you know, yeah. but you're not going to be so, um, deterred by, it. Mm-hmm. uh, you're still going to be who you are yeah. at the end of the day. And, um, personally, I feel like that's what, what can help, um, if you have longevity in mind, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a marathon and you, you need something to keep you moving uh and you know you're gonna stop getting external validation at, at certain points and mm-hmm. if that's what you've been waiting for bro, that's like fuel is gonna burn so quick it's yeah. gonna be gone like that yeah. uh so you need to find
0: something else dope well it was an absolute pleasure hey man uh, talking
1: to you Long um, love with you. i appreciate it bro no, great questions
0: man thank you thank you i'm hope you guys picked up those gems that i was talking about that we're gonna drop like i said i want to play one more game with yeah. you and then we'll uh, open up to the floor for maybe some q and a um so this last game i want to play with you is i want you to build a sydney nwa hmm. so three rappers two producers
1: oh three rappers two producers
0: um okay i'm picking beats
1: with chef as a producer mm because they, they got their fingerprints on everything. Mm. And then this second producer is going to be hard to pick, man. Uh, but I'm going to go... Uh, fuck, it's not hard to pick. I'm going to go with Michael McGlynn, okay. who, who um, produced my first two records. He just mm. passed away last week. Um, but super slept on, mm. underrated. But one of those people who we don't have a music scene without people like him. Mm. You know, the people who, who slip under people's radars, but who have such a uh, impact of on... Course. Uh, everyone they come into contact with and who who they influence, you know, for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely one of those. So uh, I'm picking pick a Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, he would have loved that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three three rappers. Uh, but you're saying NWA.
0: Yeah. So they got to be tough. It's it's your super team. You, you build them how you um, want. I think man. I just use NWA as the rapper producer combination. Yeah, right. Okay. But it can be your combination. Okay.
1: Uh I'm picking wise. Okay. Uh B Wise. Fuck Beast. Uh I'm picking mm I'm gonna pick someone old school as well. I'm gonna pick uh Brother Black. Mm. Uh just cause when he the intensity with when he he raps in mm-hmm. the passion, like that's that's special. Uh and I'm gonna pick Nadine. Oh dude! Nadine's got bars and she can go from, from spitting to singing just like mm-hmm. that and that's something I have my respect for.
0: Uh, she's a beast. Yeah. yeah, dope dope lineup. Yeah. Dope lineup. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Elfresh the Lion. No, I appreciate it, man. That's gonna do it for part two of this discussion between me and Elfresh the Lion. Once again, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go download it. We're trying to get to a 1,000 monthly downloads and all of them count. All of them help so much. Make sure you go check out episode 80 if you haven't already. And stay tuned for part three next week. Make sure you go follow our MKS playlist on Spotify. Check out all the latest songs from the week. Anyway, that's going to do us for today. I am Roo, a.k.a. The Culture Black Kid, and this has been the MKS Podcast, Australia's tastiest podcast in your one-stop shop for all things juicy in the culture. We are out. Peace. The Midnight Snack Podcast is hosted by Roo and Lolly, and executive produced by AJ and Remy of Midnight Group. Theme song and transition music by Midnight Sound. Be sure to follow us at midnight.snack on Instagram. That's M-I-D-K-N-I-G-H-T. And DM us if you would like to suggest a topic or like your music to be possibly featured on the show. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts, share and leave a review. It helps a lot. Stay tuned for future episodes every week.